Welcome to Talking Raps with DC and Mac. Mac, of course, the King of Kings, Cormac Battle, and I am just a less famous Miz. I'm Drew Creaseman. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> into the show. Uh, and there's only one thing I want to talk about. We'll, we'll talk about lots of wrestling stuff from the week. Uh, Mac, let's actually begin because there hasn't been a whole lot locally uh, in the last couple of weeks, but there's about to be some big stuff coming up. So let's let's do what any good wrestling show should do, and let's do some promos. Let's promo let's some it. stuff a little let's bit. Let's do it. Uh, tomorrow, as of the recording of this, December 4th, we got New Era Wrestling down at Mile High Comics. I'm going to be bringing some newbies oh. down to the show. Nice. Yeah. These are friends, family? What are they? Yeah, these are these are very good friends of ours, uh, people who made our move like possible. You know, those kinds of just phenomenal friends. So Awesome. They've never been to a show locally. I've really only seen a little bit of it on TV. You know, like some of the people out there just know it exists, but they're going to come down to Mile High Comics, take in the show. Very excited for them to get to see all this. Same. I've actually, I know some people that uh, I have, you know, been friends with for a long time that have never been wrestling shows, and they've decided that tomorrow's the time to, you know, give it a try. And so they're going to be down there tomorrow as well. Awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, man. It'll be fun. It'll be super fun. And that's a great environment for newcomers or first-timers, too. If anyone's listening to this and you've only ever watched on TV and you've never been out to a local show, any of these shows are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but New Era is definitely one of those ones where it's very inviting. All of the fans make it easy to, to get you into the mix. You know who you're supposed to cheer for and do all that stuff right away. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to follow. It's a family-friendly show, too. So if you've got you know kids or whatever and you want to either bring them or you don't want to worry about any of that stuff – it's a great show for all that. So yeah, absolutely, it is. It's like you said, it's family friendly show. It's very easy to get into. The venue is obviously awesome. I love being at Mile High Comics. So anyone that has even a passing interest in comics is gonna like it there. So yeah, totally agree. And we've done it a couple of times, and I've posted in the Discord channel. And again, if anyone isn't a patron, please consider becoming one. One of the things that you get for doing that is access to the Discord channel. Where we're Do it. Always talking wrestling and all those other nerdy things and, and all of that. But it is, of course, the Cumberbash on the 19th. Mac, tell the folks everything they need to know about the Cumberbash. Totally. So the Cumberbash is going to be a really special show. Um, you know, we have really tried to make it a very special experience where we're going to have, you know, wrestlers from all over the state and actually from without the state um, coming together. It's a, it's a big charity show um, for our buddy Cumby who, you know, suffered a really um, bad accident uh, a couple months ago now. And uh, yeah, this will be like first time matchups. I think every match on the show to my knowledge is going to be a first time matchup. um, If I remember the card correctly, Uh, the main event will be uh, Logan taking on Royce Isaacs. Uh, for the Lucha Libre and Laughs Championship, Royce just coming off appearances in AEW recently, and obviously Logan, a staple of wrestling here in this state for you know a few years now. So it'll be a real blast. Um, it'll be a good time to just kind of you know see people wrestling each other you wouldn't normally get to see, and just a really good, hopefully community community uh, sort of event, uh, bringing everyone together to help out a good buddy of ours. You just reminded me of a, a show that I haven't mentioned before. It was, I think, technically the first show we went to on a local basis was a Hugo's. They don't do those very often. That's why yeah. I've forgotten about that. But it was because uh, Ray Mysterio Jr. Mm-hmm. was in town. 
And the main event for that show, and that was the first one we went to locally and we sat far back and Katie was taking pictures. And that's when she decided like, I need to get closer. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, but the main event for that was Rey Mysterio Jr. And Chavo Guerrero um, against Carlito. Uh-huh. And for some reason, Royce Isaacs. And Roy, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that show. I, I was actually helping out at that show too, man. What a throwback. Yeah. So that yeah that that just took me back. I was like that's that's really really cool. Totally. So a banger too. That was a that was a monster main event. That that whole thing was amazing. And, yeah. Uh, Chavo came out in the low rider, and we did some solid oh, yeah. Eddie chants for a while. And God, it's amazing how his legacy just lives on everywhere Always. all the time. One of the goats, the man. People talk yeah. about greatest of all time a lot, and you know there's lots of discussions about it. But he is one of them. He's one of the absolute goats. Well, I, I want to move into some talk. Anything else? Is there anything else going on just for this weekend? I guess that we're, we're good on. Yeah. Uh, nope. Other than that new era show for this coming weekend, that is it. Yeah. So I want to get into some of the stuff that's on TV, but I also thought this would be a good episode to start asking this way. So I'm going to assume that the question, the answer to the question I'm about to ask is no. <laughs> great. But great. Have you ever gone through a flaming table there, Mac? You know, brother, I have gone through many a table, but never one that's been on fire. And uh, sometimes, you know, you kind of think to yourself as a wrestler, like, yeah, maybe I'd be willing to do something like that. And then you see it happen in front of you, either live or on TV, and you're just reminded, yeah, you know what? Never mind. I am. I'm very good on that. On that. That was. uh, Yeah. Wow. Something else. So it was something. Uh, that was and on dynamite it wasn't even a pay-per-view they're going yeah it's like what okay dude literally Uh, free tv uh yeah i mean that that was something else and the match was pretty intense leading up to that it's not even that they they didn't need to do all that but i guess they did get a whole lot of attention including mine totally so it's just like you know it's one of those things where like cody is a fantastic wrestler just he's a good wrestler like what do you want like he's just a really solid you know performer in the ring but then like you see him do something like this and it's like dude you don't even have to do that like he doesn't like we're watching the show anyway like we're gonna watch it anyway you don't have to put put yourself on the line like that but man he's he's a goer he'll just he just does that stuff bro like uh his back afterwards i was like oh no no thank you not for me no, no, sir. I'll let him take that kind of bone, not me. Yeah, uh, I just that did. Yeah, it was the after, right? Like going through it, you're like, oh, okay, maybe. But when you see, he's like still kind of uh, on fire. Uh, <laughs> like, Come on, no, sir, no, uh, no, sir. And I will say, um, Brandy is a real one, totally. Because like, there is no way that most of our significant others could watch any of us do something like that. And not break character for a minute. Want to run over and be like, "Are you okay? Because mm-hmm. you were on fire, bro." <laughs> like moments ago, I saw you be lit on fire, but no, man, she, she pros pro. I could never do it. Like you said, like I, I couldn't do that. Uh, you know, she just watched her husband, the mother of her child, just like be on fire, and that's just part of the show, man. Nothing like uh, wrestling. Nothing like it. Absolutely not. And I, I'm submitting now. You're gonna have to keep me honest on stuff like this because I'll I'll call things the most underrated all day, and you'll be like, dude, that's the seventh guy you've said is the most underrated. <laughs> but Andrade, 
does he do anything wrong? I mean, it, the guy doesn't do anything wrong other than the fact that in Vince's company, he couldn't speak smooth enough English, I guess, if they wanted him. I don't even, the way he comes out in different masks and then takes him off, like yeah. that middle finger to <laughs> Lucha tradition that makes right. him just such a heel. But the mask always looks so dope that you can't mm-hmm. wait to see what the next one is. Had this black mask, like the, not, not just the color. That's the, <laughs> the, <laughs> right. the, the villain. Yeah. Right. Right. I was like, Oh, he always looks like a billion dollars. He always wrestles. Like he's just mistake free. Like, man, he did almost step right on Cody with the uh, with sure one of the, that that moonsault spot for a second, wasn't it? God, that was close. No, Andrade, man, you're right. Like it's just everything he does is so smooth, and it's because I don't think people realize he's been doing it forever. Uh, people that watch Lucha Libre um, will, of course, be familiar with La Sombra, and that was his persona in Mexico for many a year, and so he has pretty much mastered the art of Lucha Libre, but just by nature of being, you know, a phenomenal wrestler and performer in pretty much every aspect. Therefore, he is also, I, I don't know, mastered, basically. I, I don't know if I can think of a better word for it. Like, he is, he has completely um, changed the game when it comes to the mix of American and Lucha Libre style. And that's why everything he does looks so smooth, because Lucha, especially, is a very smooth art form. It's it's a dance fight, right? They That's what they say so often with Lucha. Right is that it's a dance. And so his ability to mix both the dance aspect of Lucha with the hard hitting, you know, strikes and exchanges of American style. It's why he's such a, it's why he's such a different talent. Cause not a lot of guys can do that. You know, that's a very special set of skills that he has absolutely perfected. Yeah. Uh, I know like a lot of people for me, the, the big coming out party was his championship match with Gargano and NXT. Uh, and it was it's just, still probably like a top five for me, honestly. That like was it's, it's so good. It's so perfect. It's so perfect. In fact, uh, my brother was over, a whole family was over, but my brother specifically was asking me about, because we were into wrestling a lot as kids, and he hasn't really gotten back into it. And he was saying, you should, you know, give me some matches. Give me five to ten matches that I can go on YouTube and watch or wherever, you know, that I can find. And that might be one of them. Mm-hmm. That Andrade versus Gargano, and I'll have to think of a few others. The North American Championship ladder match, like inaugural, that's one too, I think. Yeah. that's It's so crazy, like, as a quick aside, just, like, looking back on those uh, matches in NXT, because it was just, like, every single one of those, like, Gargano and um, Andrade, like you just said, but then, like, Aleister Black was having bangers, and then that original six-man ladder match is ridiculous, and then you have, like, DIY when they wrestled um, back then they were known as uh, the revival. Uh, Now we know them as FTR, but like they had an incredible match and American alpha were thrown on like, dude, that era of of NXT is just like banger after banger, after banger, after banger. It's, it's untouchable. It it was amazing. It really was. So good. All right. Speaking of amazing, I'm surprised I was able to keep myself from talking about it for this long. I really could have spent the entire show on this, and I want to talk about WWE stuff a little bit at the end, too. But the only thing that I need on my television, (laughs) the only thing that I need on my television is CM Punk versus MJF. That's all. Yep. I, I mean, literally, what do you even say about it? 
And and I think like I think you and I are in agreement on this because I know you and I put a lot of stock in promo specifically because I think it's a it's an art form in and of itself that I think a lot of people don't think about in the context of the rest of the pro wrestling like package. Masterful. I mean yeah. just like I like I, I don't know. I write, you and I both write. I don't really know a lot of other words to just to use to describe that segment. It like, it was so good. It's one of the best talking segments you will find in pro wrestling. I like, uh, Talk, say something else, please. Like, uh, yeah, I don't even. Words, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I remember a long time ago hearing Triple H make this argument in favor of wrestling where he was saying, you know, with sports, you go to a basketball game, you're, you're at the mercy of the basketball game. Might be a great mm-hmm. game, might be kind of blah. And then it just, it is what it is. We're trying mm-hmm. to make it, you know, and then, you know, wrestling either succeeds or doesn't always in that. But sure. it's, this is one of those things on paper where you go, oh, okay, a promo battle between CM Punk and MJF. That's going to have to be classic all-timer stuff. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's not. You know, it's, it, it, sometimes it doesn't play out that way. Or you right. worry, like, can this possibly live up to the hype or to what it is in our heads? And they just went out there and did it twice now. Twice. <laughs> they've They've just gone out there. And done it. And I think it's extra impactful because so many of us have been conditioned through years and years of watching the the more scripted stuff. Yes. That when they just say things and you get the sense that neither one of them's 100% sure exactly what the other person's going to say. So you're mm-hmm. getting these very realistic reactions from yeah. both of them. I always want to be like... Yeah, go ahead. No, no, oh, sorry, man. My, my bad. I was just going to say like... I always want to be careful about like how much I pull back the curtain on this show. Cause I don't want to like ruin like the, you know, the backstage stuff for people that maybe like still watch wrestling and take it, you know, at face value, which is totally fine. But like I've cut many a promo in my, in my life. I'm going to cut one on Saturday. Like I feel very comfortable doing that, but like you just nailed it when you said like, you don't even necessarily know what's going to happen because sometimes you cut these promos and you have, like you said, a very scripted, like, I want you to say this, 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 and this. Other times, there's, you know, general ideas. So, hey, you know, for instance, like, I want you to promote your match on Saturday, and I want you to get this point across. How you do it is up to you. And then there's moments like you saw on Wednesday where I would imagine, without having any sort of backstage knowledge of how they do things there, I would imagine that they said, you're CM Punk and you're MJF. Okay, see you in 12 minutes. Like, what did you possibly <laughs> yeah. tell those two guys? They went out there and they, you know, they were jerks to each other. So if you're just a pretty casual wrestling fan, like, you can understand that they don't like each other and they want to beat each other up. Great. Right. But then the in-jokes, like, you, they reward you for watching wrestling for years. They yeah. make jokes about guys that are not there. They don't say necessarily who they're talking about sometimes they do but other times they just allude to it but if you've been watching wrestling for a while which of course myself and you have they reward you for that because they make these little in jokes that you wouldn't normally get if you've just watched weekly tv this year it's it caters to everyone yeah uh i yeah like i just masterful stuff i cut you off so that's my fault but yeah man no no that was perfect because it leads right into what i was going to say because it was even before you got to the in jokes it was because 
we watched this segment. Katie and I watched this segment with family that was in town. Nice. They had no idea. Love it. <laughs> what was Love going it. on? But it was, they knew it was quality trash talk, mm-hmm. right? They, they got, and, and they, they really built up to the stuff. And because of the reactions of Katie and I and of the audience there live, right? Particularly to the less famous Miz line. That, that, that really was, I think, the best line of the entire thing calling MJF a less famous Miz. I yeah. thought it was great, too, because I thought it wasn't even necessarily like a dig at the Miz. Yeah. <laughs> like in a way that almost put the Miz over more than you would think. Totally. Because <laughs> everyone knows who he is. And then look what happened when he said that. Like it wasn't like like you said, like they weren't making fun of the Miz. They weren't putting the heat on him. But the crowd reacted so strongly because they were like, oh, my. Oh, wow. That's so funny that that comparison's being made. Like, yeah, it's it's not at the expense of The Miz. It was just like reminder that he's also a phenomenal talker. If anything, it was a shout out to him as like, yeah, you're just a guy who is not as good as someone else that I've worked with in the past. Ugh, chef's Dude, kiss. Amazing. Totally. And I, I immediately thought, like, I'm sure wherever Miz is, he just popped for that. Yep. I'm sure. Totally. <laughs> And and all of it, but then it's obviously sold because MJF doesn't want to be compared to anybody. So it, <laughs> you know, you've got that whole thing going. Mm-hmm. But what a what an absolute dirt bag as always, heel of the week of now now and forever, MJF. Uh, but but he he had his moments too, man. He he got in there in the whole mix of it. But I was just yeah, with whether it was referencing. Miz or like I said, uh, Triple H, there was a reference to him and, and some of that other stuff. A lot of the good parts were just the the interpersonal stuff that basically like you've become what you hate. You're the part timer now. You're the old man. You're stealing spotlights. You think you're better than me. You can't even put my name in your mouth kind of stuff. And he responded, no, I don't want your name in my mouth. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Let's go. Come yeah. on. And that's like again like wrestling is at its best when it is relatable because it's true like you think like well i don't you know keep my name out of your mouth or whatever and you know that is such a a dig when you say like bro i don't even want you to like think about me like that like you don't even occupy space in my head oh right that's the best part of this so are you kidding me like yeah Beyond the word smithery from them both, which is always fun, and the individual digs, the sort of pull quotes you can grab. Oh, got him there. Yeah. That's the best part of this rivalry is MJF so desperately wanting CM Punk to just notice him while also insisting he doesn't give a shit about CM Punk. Mm-hmm. And Punk just being like, dude, I'm a legend. I don't need you. I don't need any of Like, okay, whatever. Fine. I don't need. You're right. I don't respect you. Like, damn. That's so <laughs> tough. Like, imagine you're in like a, sh- I mean, anybody can relate to this. Have you ever been like a shouting or even like just like, a very intense fight with somebody and then you walk away and then you are still upset and you're like, man, I should have said this or man, like, I just wish this would happen. And then you see them later on just kicking it, maybe watching TV or, or hanging out with their buddies like nothing happened. You're so much more angry because you're like, wait, this still matters to me. Why are you able to just like laugh it off like it doesn't matter like that's ridiculous that's not fair and it's like dude that is so hateful the right. idea that you don't even occupy space in their mind that is so much worse at least yeah. to me than if they would just yell at you and that's why this was such a good 
part of this of this promo segment because it was like like you just said it man like you were like bro i don't even care this is you know this is the biggest moment in your life is having this promo battle with me cm punk for me this is like wednesday right oh brutal so good i am wondering though for how long because it seems like the Crowds, certain crowds, not that one, but some crowds are maybe ready to to turn on Punk if given the if given the chance, because a lot of what and you've said this before and lots of people have about heel promos, a lot of what MJF is saying is true. Mm. You have become the Yankees. Mm -hmm. You know, that was his that he said that to John Cena back Mm -hmm. in the day. You've become what you hate. And now it's totally flipped. Like now you're the old guy taking spots from younger guys because you've got a legendary name, you know, and then he goes out and um, has a great match with, Oh shoot. What was his name? The, the kid he just wrestled CM Punk. Oh, uh, talking about Lee Moriarty. Yeah. Right. Amazing. So that plays into it interestingly as well. Right. But yeah, there, there is some of that going on and I could see, you know, somewhere down the line, because in any other promo matchup, Punk, would be healing it up with the stuff that he's saying. Like if he was saying this to somebody else, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just that he's saying it to MJF. We're totally okay with it. So. Yeah. And, but you're right though, because there's probably going to be a contingent of fans that might look at that and they might say, you know what though? This is, he's making some good points. We don't like him. He's a jerk. He's a dick, but he's making some good points because who is the, who is this now in front of me? That Where's the rebel? You know, where's the the young upstart trying to tear down the establishment, CM Punk, right? Like, now he is the establishment. He's been around forever, and he's, you know, potentially holding younger guys back or whatever, right? Like, there's a significant case to be made, and there is a story there that is true from both sides. Yeah. Uh, Quality stuff. And they haven't haven't touched each other yet. And they haven't (laughs) even touched each other yet. It's so, so, so good. Oh, and the suit that MJF came out in his Hanukkah suit. Katie, oh, man. Katie how was personally was offended. I was, how ridiculous was that? Oh, my God. The guy, it just, he he keeps inventing new ways to be an absolute schmuck. Ugh. And that was, oh, boy. He is both the best and the worst. Absolutely. All right. Before we move over to the other company, anything else from AEW the last week or two that you wanted to touch on? Just a quick shout for Lee Moriarty. Like you mentioned, he was the guy that wrestled CM Punk in the match following that promo segment. Uh, He is not a name that a lot of wrestling fans may be familiar with yet, unless you've been watching the independent scene. Um, I just love his work. He is such a great uh, young talent. One of those unbelievably athletic um charismatic dudes who has just been grinding for a long time so a uh, big love to moriarty it was a great moment for him to get in there with cm punk he actually did the pepsi twist which was one of cm punk's uh, signature moves he's been doing that for a while himself so yeah it was just uh, lee moriarty is a guy if you are just learning about him to definitely keep your eyes on he will be a big deal here in the future that's all for sure yeah no, it was a uh, i enjoyed the match quite a bit and totally. uh and I'm, I will say one last thing on AEW before moving on. I'm iffy on this Brian Danielson. Oh, the turn. Yeah. I'm not sure it was necessary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm with you. We kind of talked about this, actually, when Hangman won the title. Right. Because we were saying, like, okay, he's going to wrestle Brian Danielson. 
are they going to do a face-face thing or are they going to lean more into heel? And I think we even mentioned, we were like, you know, you could turn Brian Danielson heel, but you don't really need to because, you know, just the competitive nature of the two of them would be fine in and of itself. I'm kind of with you where I think Danielson is a good heel. Like he's great at everything. Like he could do anything he wants to do and be good at it. But I do, I do sort of agree that the turn was a little quick for me. Um, Knocking Cole Cabana's tooth out of his mouth will help because that's some pretty brutal stuff. But uh, I'm I'm sort of with you. It's, it's a little fast and I'm not sure I buy into it just yet. Of course, it's AEW. I would willing. I'm more than willing to give them some time to see how it shakes out. But at least the immediate uh, aftermath. Of it, I'm kind of with you where it seems a bit quick. Yeah, I like the storyline of I'm gonna beat every member of the Dark Order before I get you. Like I like yep. that a lot, and yep. I think you could have slowly turned him heel through that process as he got more and more desperate to beat those guys. Sure, but. Yeah, like you said, it's not the execution of it isn't going to be bad. He's right. too good, and, and AEW knows what they're doing. We're like, mm, this maybe could have been better. Is sure, probably, I guess. I sure, small change, nothing too crazy. Yeah. All right, over in the WWE. <laughs> God, Raw was weird this week. It was <laughs> super weird, wasn't it? It was so bizarre. Every time. By the way, too, and they they made this bed for themselves enough to sleep in. But I just every time there's a super bizarre segment that I go, what what was that about, or who was that for? I think that could have been a Keith Lee versus Braun Strowman match. <laughs> yeah, no, really, I, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just it's it's weird when you have those situations where it's you Raw or SmackDown or whatever, and you go, man, that segment was you know kind of a waste of my time and you just think about all the guys that are standing backstage and you're like boy I probably could have done with maybe a 12 minute match with two guys that can you know go and do something but right you know it doesn't shake up that way unfortunately or on the flip side they'll do what they did and give us out of nowhere a phenomenal but only like eight minute long match between Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. And it's like, well, that, I I mean, thanks. Kinda. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. Where, like you said, like eight minutes of greatness. Okay. Like, you know, I'm not going to say no, like it was eight minutes and it was awesome, but boy, I sure could have done with maybe even like, I get that it's TV and you can't, you know, have 30 minute matches on, you know, necessarily free TV all the time. But like, Man, you couldn't go 15? You know, you right. couldn't give me a 20-minute main event or something? I, I'm not asking for, you know, I'm not asking for a WrestleMania main event, but just, like, give me a little more than that, no? Yeah, and then Finn Balor just keeps losing. And look, I'm not that kind of mark that yeah. needs my guy to win all the time I get. But boy, if they did do like AEW does with the records down underneath <laughs> Like Finn would yeah. look like one of the worst guys in wrestling over the last couple of months. And what? Right. Yeah. And this is where you get into what a lot of people have mentioned about WWE is what's called 50, 50 booking. And for those that don't know, no. uh, well, wrestling's a work and B uh, <laughs> what 50, 50 booking is, is the idea that, you know, you can't have guys lose too often or win too often. It needs to be more or less 50, 50 so that people are not, as Drew mentioned, buried or, you know, are, are treated as complete jobbers. And 
without getting too you know long in the tooth about what that means in a you know long-term context 50 50 booking is something that i think works for certain people but if everyone is doing it all the time then no one is better than anyone else which seems okay in a vacuum but when you get into just what wrestling is which is this long-term storytelling it's hard for us to get behind anyone when everyone just loses and wins equally so to your point you talk about how finn balor just like keeps losing What's so weird is that he was presented as this god killer in NXT, which surprised me when he was quote-unquote sent down, if you want to consider it that, to NXT, and he won the title, and he had these badass matches with Kyle O'Reilly, and is treated as a huge, huge deal. So when he came back up to Raw, you know, it was a big deal again, because he's just had this awesome run in NXT, and then he's losing it eight minutes clean as a whistle on TV. It's just kind of like, ugh. Like it just it doesn't have a lot of continuity. That's I guess my long winded answer to that. Right. the whole, The whole thing is a continuity mess. The yeah. entire show, the the moments of it that you can even enjoy. Like I'm into the whole RK Bro thing way more than I ever thought I would be. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I'm one of those people that never needs Randy Orton in my life, but then when he shows up, I always end up being more entertained than I thought I would be. I'm like, yep. oh, I, I, you you're really good at this. You've been doing it forever, I guess. Yep. Um, but we put him next to Matt Riddle. Now I'm very interested. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought that like two years ago, huh? Right. Uh, strange. And, and I like what they're doing, but again, to back to your point and I look at where we're calling it, how we see it. It's we don't want to be hypercritical of it or whatever I'm saying. And maybe you'll disagree with me on this mm. one, but with the tag division or complete lack of tag division, like, I love those guys as a team. They had a fun little match with um, Dolphin and Rude, but it's okay. And then who who else? Who are their rivals? Who are the tag teams? What is the what are the stakes? Who cares about the belts? Yeah. If they break up as a tag team, who would take their place? No one cares. Nobody right. like that's what's so bizarre about it. And what's a bummer is that that's been a criticism of WWE for a while. Is there? sort of lack of depth in the tag division. There was a time period not too, too long ago where it was better than it's been in a long time. You had the new day, you had the good brothers, you had uh, now FTR, the Usos, you had, you know, a decent group of teams that were having good matches consistently. And that's awesome. But as you mentioned, like Dolph, uh, Dolph, Rude, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, they are both former world champions in WWE. Root is a former NXT champion, uh, and Dolph Ziggler was a former world heavyweight champion. They are a tag team now, right? So they should be, you know, even if they're not the tag team champions, they're both two legitimate uh, former champions, but they're just two guys. Like, they, you know, when treated in the context of the tag division, they're just two dudes who lose. And there's not a lot of depth beyond that. You know, you got the Usos doing their thing over on SmackDown. That's fantastic. But, you know, and that's again, why something, and I don't want to keep going back to this, but like, that's why it's so surprising when you lose guys like hit row or some of the other tag teams they've cut recently, because it's like, you don't have that much wiggle room with other teams to kind of hold it down in the meantime. Right. So I no, I totally get what you're saying. And I'm with you. I'm not trying to just murder these guys. Like, I know it might seem like we're biased or whatever. I swear to God, we're not. We're watching it every week. Like, we're we're out there. 
in the trenches watching this stuff. We just want them to be better because we know that it can be. And RK Bro, like you said, a surprisingly good act when it might not have appeared so when they were put together. It's it's getting over and it's getting reactions. They can do better than what that match was on Monday. Like yeah. it, you know what I mean? So yeah. I yeah, I don't know. It, it is weird. It's it's super bizarre. But it had me thinking about this, and I wanted to get this from you. A little history, top four or five, or, or a handful of. Get some of your favorite oddball tag teams over the years. I'll give you my Do top it. one that I always loved when I was a kid was the Kane and X-Pac. Uh-huh. Uh, I always thought that was a really fantastic pairing uh, that they did. Just a big, stoic guy who never talks and a short ninja dude who won't shut up. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and like, uh, I loved their dynamic. But what are some of your favorites of that variety throughout the years? There's a few. The one that always comes to mind first and foremost for me, just because it was part of my like sort of formative years watching wrestling, was Matt Hardy and MVP. They were co-tag team champions, and they hated each other. And they <laughs> had these awesome series of segments where they would have these competitions. So they had like a basketball competition and a hot dog eating contest on SmackDown and like they eventually feuded and that was a lot of fun. So I've always liked those two. Um, they were, they were great. Uh, the easy answer of course is, is, is uh, Brian Danielson and Kane, of course, team right. hell no, that was a lot of fun. A lot of great comedy came from that with their therapy sessions. That was a blast. <laughs> I love like to this day, like I know that's a really easy answer, but it was such good TV. Like I just, it, it was so great. Um, growing up as a kid, um, you know, I didn't really know as much about the inner workings of wrestling. So I, you know, just kind of took it at face value. But as I've grown older, like I look back on some of these situations, like the Miz and big show. And I look back and I'm like, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> like, right, that right. was weird. So, you know, sort of those, the ones you don't really think about now, but yeah, I learned that they had a, they had a team name. They were show Miz. I learned that like recently. <laughs> I, I know. I like. I watched their entire run together. I had no idea they were called Show Miz. Those are the yeah. ones that come to mind, at least. Uh, at least, at first thought, I'm sure I can think of some more. Right. But those are the ones I, I come to immediately. Did Big Show and Rey Mysterio win the tag belts at one point? I feel like they were a short-lived thing just for the, hey, he's the biggest guy and he's the smallest guy. Get it? Yeah, yeah. You know what's crazy that a lot of people forget is that Rey Mysterio and Edge were a tag team for a while, too. Oh, on SmackDown. right. Yeah, Edge and, and Rey Mysterio were like a very good tag team together for a hot second on SmackDown, which, of course, is so interesting to look back at it now because Edge is like, you know, considered one of the evilest, you know, dirtiest heels in the history of wrestling. But yeah. When Edge uh, was on SmackDown, he was part of that SmackDown 6 crew. It was uh, him and Ray Ray that were running uh, as a tag team. They were fantastic together. Right. Didn't they have a – there was like a big match at WrestleMania with them and two other tag teams. I'm trying to remember that year. I believe you're yeah. right uh, because and, – and people in the Discord, let me know if I get this right because I believe the SmackDown 6 back then was Edge, Rey Mysterio, uh, uh, Kurt Angle – yeah. was tagging with Benoit and then you had um I want to say it was Eddie Guerrero and Chavo but I will I will research that let me know in the discord um yet another yeah. reason for Drew's Patreon let me know if I'm wrong right. um shout me out if, I, if, I'm, totally. if I'm incorrect but I, yeah they were they were goers back then yeah yeah those are, those are some fun ones because yeah like you were saying like most of the time the oddball the teams that are just thrown together like don't work and it's yeah. not 
like all that fun or interesting. You know, it was one I felt like never got enough credit and never got enough run uh, when they random the the guys behind the Miz. What were the the B team? The B team, yes. When they just threw together, shoot, it was Bo Dallas and who was the other one? It was Bo Dallas and uh, Curtis Axel. Curtis Axel, yeah, Mister yes. Perfect Son. Oh, that was like a really fun act for like a month, and then mm-hmm. they just decided, nah. <laughs> oh, you know what? Too in sort of the same vein. I don't know if this counts, but uh, as far as like a, just an odd tag team that I was captivated by was the Miz and Damian Sandow when Sandow oh, was sure. doing his uh, copy thing, which yes. shouts to my father because my dad doesn't watch all that much wrestling anymore, but he also loved that entire deal. Anytime they're yeah. on TV, he was captivated by it. I loved, loved that pairing. Yeah. Not quite as out there as some of the other ones we've talked about, but I, I thought they were great. I remember thinking when the bar first became a tag team, that was super weird. Oh, and sure. Sure. Cause I, and I think Seamus and Cesaro have been like fighting each other. They for had months, right? They had just had a best of seven series. And then following that, they decided to form up and be a tag team. Good memory. Right. And I remember thinking, no, nah, that's weird. And doesn't make sense. And then by week three, I was like, put the belts on these guys. Literally. This, this awesome. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And they, Oh, they were so good together. They still are. They're, they're feuding now, but yeah, at the time they were so good together. They, they should just always be a team. It was so good. Yeah, they came out with the kilts with all the patches on their jackets. Right? Looked awesome. Even the way they merged the two themes together. Yeah, like, which they don't usually do. Usually, you just pick one or the other. Yeah, like, I, their whole presentation was dope. Yeah, it was, and and obviously, like they're both so talented. And one thing people don't realize is that they're also both really funny. Uh, right, so right. they could just make those weird segments work together, and it was great. Yeah. Uh, didn't they have a match against Brazongo? If not, that's a missed probably. opportunity. Boy, now I gotta go research that now. I know, right? There's another one I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. Remember Brazongo? Yeah. Brazongo, uh, fun fact, are uh, they have a school together, a uh, wrestling school, and they are very, very good. So it's inspiring. Imagine. So check it out. Yeah. That, that was some of the legitimately funniest stuff WWE has ever produced when they were doing their segment their backstage their segments. fashion files the fashion files were on the level that anything edge and christian or kurt angle or anybody or mick foley even maybe totally. would even put it on that level the fashion hilarious files were so funny it was so funny and it was like it was self-referential too it was a yeah i loved the fashion files uh breezango are stupidly talented there we go so we put over some WWE. there it is <laughs> yeah totally totally and i will say for WWE's current product, another shout out for them is that I love the, what they're doing with Roman Reigns. And I know that that's not like yeah. unpopular, whatever, but it must be said for all the guff that we will give WWE and they bring it on themselves to be clear. Mm-hmm. But if there is one thing that is still 100% true, it is that everything Roman Reigns does is absolutely captivating TV. And I still think that he might be the best pound for pound performer on weekly TV. Yeah. That, you know, for whatever else I say, and I will say other stuff, but for all of that, like that will still remain true until somebody takes him off that perch. Yeah, and you know, we we've always been big defenders of Roman Reigns in this household. Katie was always so perplexed about why people hated him. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, you gotta learn about the history of it. They don't really hate Roman Reigns, they they hate John Cena. They don't really mm-hmm. hate John Cena, they they hate Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. They don't even they don't really hate Hulk Hogan. It's all you know, that's what it's about. It's, it's about very being true. Who to like, right? Very true. And, 
but she still, she was like, but he's awesome. He cuts great promos. He looks fantastic. She's a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah, <laughs> oh, totally. But you know, what, what was off? And I, and I think the one thing I, to bring it back to you and I doing, you know, sports the rest of the time, you know, studying baseball in particular or whatever, we talk about this a lot in sports, probably more of a basketball and football thing than a baseball thing, but do you make the players around you better? Yeah, that's a really good point. And I, I think for a long time, Roman Reigns was the best. Look, he's been the best for a while. He's, mm-hmm. he's been at the top of the food chain. But since this heel turn and this new character and this new zone he's in, he's making everyone around him better all the time. If you're anywhere near Roman Reigns in a segment or a match or anything right now, you are being elevated. It's like playing... It's like scrimmaging with Michael Jordan. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it, it's it, amazing. You mentioned, and I'm, you know what, that is something that is such a great point that I actually think I need to start like actively considering more often because you're right. Roman Reigns elevates people around him and not just Reigns, other people do, but specifically because we're talking about it. Yeah. Roman Reigns elevates the people around him to be better versions of themselves in a, you know, performance setting. So that actually is a fantastic uh point to bring up so 100 percent agree thanks man <laughs> totally but no no it's true like that's a that is a, that's a really uh you know it's something that again like you wouldn't know that if you had just been watching wrestling recently because you'd have to understand what that means to elevate somebody but he does that better than almost anybody else yeah yeah it, it's it's great so i'm gonna keep tuning into wwe and hoping that they can get some of this. as you, And I think you nailed it with the word earlier in the show. When you said continuity, that's it. Yep. Individual characters and matches and moments. WWE can still create a fantastic wrestling moment as well as anybody. People yes. like to dump all over them these days, and I get it. But in a moment, they can still absolutely do the thing. 100%. But the you got to give us a reason to tune in ever to pay attention to your whole show to not be, you know, flipping back and forth between other things and, you know, not taking certain serious or lines seriously because you don't take storylines seriously mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's just like, you know, that's what AEW is doing right now is every show matters. Every character matters. Every match matters for some reason or another. And yeah, it, it'll be better when both shows are doing that. Yeah. It, Man, that is what ends up being, is you have to be elevated by how Roman Reigns elevates the people he's in the ring with. AEW is elevating WWE because it's forcing them to take them seriously. And I know that they're not quite you know, on the level, and they're still a ways off as far as viewership, and I get all that. But wrestling is better when there is competition. Like it is, It is a better product, and it's a better situation for fans when there is competition. And so, you know, that is a great point to bring up because I'm hoping that as AEW continues to, you know, mature and continues to really, you know, become a, a staple in the wrestling world that it forces WWE to sort of, you know, just raise the bar and, and take things as seriously as we want them to. When's happened before, right? The last time, WWF, I'm old enough to remember, yep. <laughs> uh, really made their best movies when they really made their best television and storylines was in response to WCW 
and the NWO and Sting and Goldberg and all that phenomenal stuff produced The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mick Foley and all of that stuff. It's, and, well, Mick Foley had been around for a while, you know, but my favorite version of Mick Foley, the mankind who threw himself off the top of a cage, mm-hmm. comes in response to, oh, they're doing that? We need to do better than that. Yes, absolutely. I, I have nothing else to add. That's spot on. Yep. Uh, so catch us tomorrow at Mile High Comics, New Era Wrestling. It's at 7 o'clock, right? Yes, sir. I was going to say, it's it's almost, it's always at seven o'clock. I just want to make sure. <laughs> yeah, you're golden. That's right. Uh, get there early and look at the comic books. I'll do that, it, man. That's what we'll be doing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's going to be a blast of a show. We're going to have fun. Don't forget Cumberbash right around the corner after that on the 19th. Lucha Libre and Laughs. All kinds of fun wrestling this month here locally. And of course, we'll keep watching the stuff on TV and uh, if, if there's anything outside of the parameters that we haven't really gotten into, again, there's only so much time on the show. I know there's like the Becky Lynch Charlotte stuff we haven't gotten into at all. And part of it's because I'm super frustrated with it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. those are two of my favorite talents in all of wrestling. And I don't like what they're doing with either of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we can talk about that maybe next time. Uh, I was trying not to, to be too harsh on those guys, but if there is something anyone out there wants to hear us talk about it, if it's new Japan or whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll learn about it. We'll talk about it. If you want to hear about it, totally. so let us know Very in the down. Discord or on Twitter or wherever else. I don't always shout out the Twitters. You're at Cormac battle pro. Yeah, exactly. I am Cormac battle pro C O R M A C battle pro hit me up anytime. Let's talk about wrestling. Let's talk about baseball. Let's talk about super smash bros, wherever y'all want, man. I'm always available. Also make sure to tune in to the purple row podcast. It's, Altitude, Aww. affected by altitude, right? It is. Thanks, man. Sweet to you. Yeah, you should. Everyone should listen. I know a lot of Rockies fans here hanging out. Yeah, and, especially uh, not much else going on with the lockout. <laughs> right? We've all got questions. Rockies uh, fans, if you're bored during the lockout, watch some wrestling. Totally. Get in on that, man. <laughs> right? Let's do it. Cross uh, promotion. Absolutely. Come on out to some shows. We'd love to see you down at Mile High Comics or wherever else there's pro wrestling going on. Hit us up on the Discord, Twitter, here on the Patreon, all that good stuff. So, Thank you all for being absolutely awesome out there. We will continue to be absolutely DC and Mac in here. Yes, sir. And until next time, we will see you between the ropes.